0: Hey, y'all. Welcome. We are thrilled that you are here listening to Georgia DOT's new podcast series, Ahead of the Curve. I'm your host, Natalie Dale. For those of y'all who know me, if not, welcome. It's nice to get to know you. I'm with Georgia DOT's Office of Communications. And again, we just want to thank you for joining us for this new adventure that we're going to embark upon together. So you might instantly think of, when you think of Georgia DOT, things like the state's roads and bridges and interstates and how everyone in our department plans and designs, constructs, maintains our state's transportation network. And you may not even know any of that. So then we're especially glad you're here because you're gonna learn a lot about that during this podcast because we do so much more than that. And that is the type of content that we're gonna cover, what we do and the people who work here. I've been with the department for about 10-ish years. And I learn something new every day. And so as we embark upon this new podcast adventure together, we're all going to learn about Georgia DOT and the men and women who work here, who are, quite frankly, amazing. They inspire me every day. So as we spotlight those amazing people, our programs, our projects, that help to keep our state's transportation network moving and make it, well, you guessed it, ahead of the curve. So joining me today is my boss. So I get bonus points for putting him on first. So we have joining us Scott Higley, who is the director of the Office of Communications. Welcome to the podcast,
1: Scott. Uh, thank you, Natalie, and it's really kind of hard to believe that we're actually sitting here recording the first podcast for Ahead of the Curve that we've been talking about for, what is it, three years now?
0: For a while, and and I know the answers, obviously. Um, and, and they're all brilliant, just for the record, brilliant answers. But it, it, sort of walk us through how we got here and, and why this was important that we have a podcast. Because, you know, there, there are state transportation departments around the country talking about pavement, talking about traffic. What, why does Georgia DOT need this voice? Or, or why are we, what are we bringing with this podcast?
1: You know, Natalie, what you just said about learning is so critically important as it relates to ahead of the curve and here's why there is a tremendous amount of information as you know as you well know and we both know that comes out of this department and the commitment that we have made to the to the public to the state of Georgia is is huge it's tremendous in terms of financial investment in terms of what we're responsible for, maintaining our transportation infrastructure across the state. And there are probably a billion little facts related to all of that and how we do that and why we do that and the people who are responsible for doing that. And you know, it's our obligation to be able to share, you know, even a fraction of that information with the public. Um, you know, I've been with the department, as you know, for about six years. And I remember when I came in, Commissioner McMurray gave me a mandate um, to to share as much of the really good information that we that we have to share with the public as we can and to do it in, in any way possible. And so you and I and the other members of our communications team, of course, have had multiple conversations over the years about how we go about doing that. And we've launched a lot of new communications platforms and properties. And we think we're doing a pretty good job. We hope we are. We hope we get high marks by the public that we serve, but a podcast just seemed the natural next step. And by the way, there are many, many brains associated with both this project and everything that we do here at Georgia DOT. But in terms of reaching perhaps a new audience that, that we haven't been reaching as effectively as we could, we thought a podcast was really the way to go. So here we are. Do you think we're going to reach them because they're stuck in traffic? Well, we certainly want uh, our listeners and our potential listeners to be using their mobile devices hands free, which is the law in Georgia, if they're stuck in traffic to listen to ahead of the curve. But what better place? You know, if you are if you're sitting behind the wheel of your car or if you're at home by the fire or you're maybe you're multi screening, who knows? But, you know, the the point really is we wanted to create a, a communications vehicle that tells our story in a different way by involving guests and Um, talking to people not just within the department necessarily Uh, and of course we're very lucky to have Commissioner McMurray uh, with us later in this podcast but um, but also invite guests who are somehow related to transportation in Georgia to tell their stories about what they're doing whether it be transit whether it be any other aspect of transportation and so we're excited to create this new platform where we're actually able to do that and accomplish that
0: you know what I am really excited about is we talk about Georgia the diversity of Georgia's transportation network. We're we're not the same as Colorado. We're not the same as is really any other state because you have not only geographical diversity, diversity of users of the system, but also the people in this building are they're unique. They are um their tra- their training is unique. They're they're, they think outside the box. We're innovative. But we don't have the same chief engineer that another state has. We have our chief engineer. We have our aviation net. So we we have our people. And I want listeners to get to know the nitty-gritty about the transportation network. But also, I want them to know our people. So that is a goal of mine. I know that is a goal of yours is to sort of share the personality of the department. We, we can get put in a box of government workers, government building. Uh, And that's certainly not what I see and what I've seen working here. So I hope we open that door, unlock that box for everyone to see just the genuine people and the brilliant minds we have here as we move forward on our podcast. And that brings up a great topic is what can people expect listening to our podcast
1: well we sort of we sort of teased the answer to that question already but quite honestly i mean get to know uh, as you and i know our colleagues here in the department and many of the leaders here in the department who are just brilliant people and are so dedicated to our commitment to the people of the state and get to know them as people you know as you know we throw the term around all the time humanize the department And, you know, government agencies can be seen as these monolithic, you know, um, departments with thousands and thousands of employees. And we certainly have thousands of employees within GDOT, but getting to know some of the individuals um, just in the same way that our listeners are getting to know you and I right now uh, is so important. And these are the people that have real stories to tell. And they are fascinating people. They are brilliant people. They are dedicated people. And I'm excited about the opportunity to have our listeners get to know them one by one.
0: I am as well, and and outside of ahead of the curve, which is I'm sure going to just jump to the top of the charts as far as great podcasts. Yeah, better, right? Uh, I, I'm I'm planning on it. We'll we'll have. The, <laughs> I I assume that it will, because uh, we have a lot of interesting things to to cover, and people have a lot of time in their car to listen or at home. Um, but w- other than obviously ahead of the curve do you have a favorite podcast? What do you listen to?
1: Well, you know, I probably should say something like, you know, I'm addicted to every transportation related podcast. And there are a few that I follow. But my favorite in my off hours, I'm a, I'm a big movie buff. And I tend to gravitate to watch movies over and over again from my growing up years, the 80s, the 90s. So there's a podcast called the rewatchables that I'm addicted to. And it's a, a group of hosts who sit around and talk about their favorite movies. And specifically they're the movies that, you know, if you're flipping through the channels at home and you catch a movie right in the middle, you can't flip past in, any longer because you want to see the scenes that are your favorites. Right. So they talk about, you know, behind the scenes information. Um, you know, the internet research they've done, their favorite scenes, the, the dumbest scenes, the implausibilities of the movies and, and why things work and why they don't. So it's fascinating. And these podcasts, in some cases, last longer than the movie that they're discussing. So That's awesome. it, it's tons of fun.
0: I, I know for me, that movie is Tombstone. If I am scanning through the TV and Tombstone is on, I just, I've seen it a million times, but I will always stop
1: to watch Tombstone. What is your... I'm a, I'm a Titanic fanatic. You are? Well, in part because... I didn't even know that. And i well, worked with you for how long? See, I totally like disaster movies, specifically disaster movies from the 70s. You know, Earthquake, um, the the airport movies. Poseidon Adventure. Poseidon Adventure, Poseidon Adventure Poseidon, the towering yeah. in front of the Poseidon Adventure is the best. Um, I- I- anytime there's a disaster involved. So, A Sinking Ship, you know, is is fascinating, but the special effects in that one are just incredible. So, I get fun to watch. so
0: claustrophobic watching Poseidon Adventure. find <laughs> myself holding my breath on the couch. I'm like... Someone breathe. Someone there's breathe. A,
1: there's a theme emerging of a sinking ship. Let's hope that that's not the theme that you know is tied to ahead of the curve moving forward.
0: So that's to say that is not this ship. We are ahead of the curve. And so we are going to take a break. We'll be right back with our first official official guest, Commissioner Russell McMurray with the Georgia Department of Transportation. We're going to start it off with a bang. So uh come back and we will see you soon. Or will we see you? We won't see you. You're we're a podcast. <laughs>
2: Hey Metro Atlanta, do you know about our HEROES? The Highway Emergency Response Operators, or HEROES, patrol Metro Atlanta interstates and respond to traffic-related incidents in the area. HEROES can also assist stranded motorists with flat tires, dead batteries, or in need of fuel or coolant. So if you find yourself stranded along one of Metro Atlanta's interstates or state routes, dial 511 on your phone and select Option 1 to request HERO motorist assistance. This is a message from the Georgia Department of Transportation.
0: Welcome back. Although you probably didn't go anywhere, but we did. We had a little break there. So welcome back. Since this is our very first episode, we have asked Commissioner to join us in studio today to be our very first podcast guest, but we do not want that to be a pressure on you. So so don't worry. The bar is set very low because no one's been on the show yet. So you are very first guest, so you can you can set us off right. Um, so I'm going to introduce, but I'm not going to use his very long and prestigious bio. We're just going to talk to Commissioner Russell McMurray today with the Georgia Department of Transportation. Welcome to the podcast, Commissioner.
3: Well, Natalie, it's certainly great to be with you and to be on the first podcast uh, from Georgia Department of Transportation. And I'm uh, glad you set the bar low, but I think we'll do a lot to raise the bar today and then in their future podcast as well.
0: I'm, I am very confident that there's going to be big shoes to fill from everyone from this point out. Um, so I know that everyone who works at GDOT, as well as just those who have a general interest in the transportation field, would love to get to know you. So tell us what we don't know about Commissioner Russell. In, in fact, we won't even say Commissioner. Tell us what uh, what no one knows about Commissioner See, it's like bred in me to call you commissioner. But so tell us what no one knows about Russell McMurray from North Georgia.
3: (laughs) Well, that's that's quite the question. And yeah, I'm just Russell. So uh, it's sort of weird when I did uh, get this role uh, of commissioner, people started calling me commissioner. And I was looking around like, who are they talking to? And then I realized, oh, you're talking to me. So a little bit weird to be called commissioner. Uh, Some of my friends actually call me commish. Uh, just as a joke, uh, which is, you know, uh, I go along with, but I'm just Russell and uh, something about me uh, that people don't know. That's a great question. I'm just a simple person and I love being with my family and uh, friends and hanging out with them. But probably the one thing people probably don't know is uh, I grew up and uh, until recently raced competitively on motorcycles on off-road on motocross. So I like to jump things and go high in the air and and uh, you know get dirty and have a good time and quite a quite a uh, athletic sport. Most people don't think riding a motorcycle is very athletic, but it, it will absolutely beat you into shape. So uh, and so anyway, that's uh, probably what people don't know about me. I've uh, raced in the Georgia Dome back in the day when the Georgia Dome existed and things like that. So uh, you know, good times.
0: So that was good tell me do you have sort of a running list of bumps and bruises fractures breaks do you do you did you have any oh sure
3: sure no i mean i've been you know knocked out a few times broken nose collarbone uh torn ligaments things like that but nothing too major broke foot but nothing too major same thing you can get playing any sport you have some injuries along the way especially over a long time i i started when i was 12 or 13 and it was pretty competitive up to probably about five, six years ago.
0: Was that something that ran in your family, or did you just oh, no. pick this out of nowhere? Yeah,
3: no, no, just just something uh, I enjoyed and uh, grew up in northeast Georgia, as you mentioned, and uh, had availability to ride dirt bikes and uh, fell in love with that, and then did that as a hobby and, uh, and a sport all around the southeast, uh, sort of Georgia, the Carolinas, Tennessee, sort of sort of that area uh, for a long time, but really enjoyed it. And, uh, great, great times, great memories.
0: Did you pass this passion down to any of your kids?
3: Uh, my oldest son sort of is interested. He, he still has a dirt bike. I still have, I still have a couple of dirt bikes myself and, uh, but he doesn't ride very much anymore. He's more into hunting. So.
0: Yeah. So you, uh, proud graduate of
3: Georgia Southern University, Georgia
0: Southern, which is, I think everyone either assumes someone, everyone in this building is either a Georgia fan or a Georgia tech fan, but you have uh, allegiances to Georgia Southern. How's your football team this year?
3: Uh, they've, they've had some great games, had a big win earlier in the year, and uh, then have suffered two losses. So I think we're two and two, as I believe. But as it relates to Tech uh, or or Georgia, I can pull for both. I certainly have connections to both schools, and as well as Georgia Southern. I'm very honored to be on an advisory committee up at UGA. And Certainly here at the department, we work closely with Georgia Tech with a lot of research and uh, certainly you have got to know uh, the president over there, great, great guy, and uh, work closely with them, them being uh, literally across the street or across the downtown connector from us here at our one Georgia headquarters. So uh, great, great university systems and uh, here in Georgia with a lot of great engineering schools as well as KSU and uh, Georgia Southern to name the least.
0: So a lot of students in this state um, have the opportunity to come work at GDOT. We certainly love them to to apply and to look at us as a sort of a career path, but so want to talk about your career path. Was there something, was there a class you took, was there something that happened at Georgia Southern that sort of put you on the trajectory to end up as the one-day commissioner at Georgia DOT? How how did you get here?
3: <laughs> well, that's a, that's a very long story and I don't think we have time for for that entire story but I was very fortunate and I always enjoyed building things and I enjoyed being outside and uh in high school knew that I wanted to do some form of engineering didn't didn't know what and um quite honestly I uh, had interest in uh going to tech uh for engineering but I really didn't want to live in Atlanta and now I work right across the street from Georgia Tech so go figure right uh so uh actually got into clemson uh as well being right across the lake from where i grew up and spent time over there growing up so that was great until my dad said uh congratulations the out-of-state tuition part is on you and i said i think georgia schools will be just fine
0: i think i will pass yeah
3: so uh (laughs) uh, my middle son is at clemson right now so sort of a sort of getting to see that fulfilled. so that's that's awesome awesome. Yeah. yeah so uh but uh, anyway, so I, I did a visit to Georgia Southern, and uh, at back then they, you know, had a, you know, had all these colleges there and uh, schools, uh, and so they talked about, you know, engineering, and I sort of figured out that civil engineering was where I'd want to focus, and so that's what led me to one, go to Georgia Southern, and two, to focus on civil engineering, and it wasn't until, uh, I guess. My junior year that you start understanding classes, you know, the, or classes that are being more specific to things of interest, uh, which was, you know, had road, had a, basically a highway design class and structural design class and things that are very similar to obviously transportation. And so, I, you know, I just really enjoyed those and just, you know, just by happenstance thought, hey, this is pretty cool and uh, ended up getting a summer internship with Georgia DOT between my junior and senior year of college uh, up in the Carnesville area office, up, up 85, up where I lived, and uh, I actually knew several of the people who worked there because their their uh, parents worked there. So uh, the people I grew up with and knew sort of you know small world, and certainly in a small community. Uh, so uh, really enjoyed that experience, and uh, uh, actually got to work on a bridge uh, project that was a rural bridge out in Madison County. Back then there was a movie called The Bridges of Madison County. So uh, I have seen it so uh it wasn't those bridges but similar uh and so i had the opportunity to to learn a lot that summer and really enjoyed the work and being outside and seeing things be constructed and be a part of that and i still go by that bridge if i'm in that part of the world just to drive over it and remember back to you know sort of the first thing i was able to participate in or be a part of uh from gdot so uh so that led me to the department upon graduation and um and so that's that's how I started my career.
0: And you have been with GDOT since, and it's sort of run through, uh, you can do it in a sort of shotgun fashion, run through all the roles you have had <laughs> in your time at GDOT.
3: Sure. Well, I've been I've been very fortunate with GDOT to have lots of opportunities, and it's just been amazing, the opportunities that I never knew that I would have. And so I started uh, out of school in Athens area office and had a great opportunity there with Uh, In the four-county area, you got Athens, which is pretty urban, obviously, with traffic and uh, the university and all those neat things, but yet you had some rural counties as well. Uh, Back then, Jackson County was pretty rural, and Oconee County was pretty rural. A lot different today in Walton County, Uh, but I was able to work there. as a Started as just a uh, a civil engineer and technologist, and uh, then title doesn't exist anymore, (laughs) so that's how long I've been around. Uh, but then I just worked in construction, so in the construction project management, uh, and was very fortunate to become an assisted area engineer uh, for construction. That was uh, a new title back then. And matter of fact, that was the first time that it ever existed in the department. And then I became the area engineer in Athens, which is pretty unheard of to be able to stay in the same area and have those promotion opportunities. And so I was in that role for a number of years, uh, before moving up to Gainesville district office, district one to district construction and a district construction engineer was a really fascinating, great job, really enjoyed it. always thought my job was to be out of the office, to be on the projects, be out in the areas, be out at the field offices and on the construction projects and help solve problems and, and try to solve things before they became problems. And, uh, obviously this was long ago so a lot things have changed a lot since then but really could go work with contractors and uh you know work hand in hand in hand to try to solve things and keep projects on schedule and keeping them moving and and solving issues so really enjoyed that really enjoyed that role and then uh one day our district engineer said congratulations you're the district pre-construction engineer and i was like why would i want to do that i'm very (laughs) i'm very happy with my my current job and uh so I was afforded the opportunity to be district pre-construction engineer uh, up in Gainesville at District One, and uh, turned out to be really a fantastic career move. Uh, in In retrospect, I wasn't happy about it at the time. To be honest, I really, really was. <laughs> it's like I'm I'm really happy doing this district construction role, and so uh, hindsight but, though, right? Yeah, I and mean, hindsight, look, look <laughs> yeah, gave me a lot of a lot of opportunity and and things in uh, the Gainesville district back then were going gangbusters. Gwinnett County still booming as it is today what a million people is booming back then and hall county and all, all the counties for south county all seeing tremendous growth so you know we had a lot of projects uh, working through pre-construction and right away and working with traffic ops and just even though that's not under pre-construction just working all together across the district on project development it's really a really a very great uh, opportunity to expand my horizons and and see see the diversity of what the department does more so than construction because I've been p- predominantly on the construction and maintenance end and you know if there's one thing I can say too about the area uh, manager job uh, is that the role of what area maintenance does routine maintenance headquarters um, is just amazing to in in the area-wide crews to see what they do on a daily basis that's that's really the The heart and soul of gdot in my opinion that take care of our roadways and our infrastructure on a on a daily basis uh and where they have to innovate all always because there's no there's no playbook there's no plans for the things that they encounter and have to have to do on a daily basis so yeah so i had a good perspective of construction and maintenance but district pre-construction um obviously you know gave me a broader view which really prepared me to become the district engineer uh when I was a, uh, a selected for that job up in Gainesville, again, very fortunate to be able to stay in the same district and have career projection and uh, to be able to you know move up move up the ladder, if you will. And uh, the district engineer job's fantastic. I I had a, a former commissioner at DOT tell me a long time ago when I got that job that you know the two best jobs in DOT was a district engineer and the commissioner. And uh, success, you've checked all those those boxes. So, I I, and I have to agree, I mean, the district engineer role is extremely important. Uh, it is is where transportation happens out in the districts and the areas, and it's uh, and it encompasses everything. You know, you you get to deal with such a diversity of work. Uh, you know, anything you can imagine. I remember one day in Gainesville, I was uh dealing with an issue in the national. US National Forest up in uh, the mountains. And that afternoon, I was looking at an issue at Jimmy Carter Boulevard in I 85.
0: Could not have been more yeah. different. Yeah, from I mean, a peaceful yeah.
3: mountain <laughs> setting that wow, it's like how what a beautiful setting this is to, you know, one of the most urban environments, busy traffic that you can imagine, all in one day, you know. And so, so, uh, district engineer was a fantastic job and a role that I really enjoyed. Uh, it was in that role for, Five years, I guess, a little over five years and uh, before I transitioned and uh, came here to One Georgia Center. And uh, uh, that was back at a time when uh, not long, we hadn't long moved from the old building, number two Capitol Square there at the Capitol, over to this facility at One Georgia Center where we are now. And there was a combination going on of two offices that no longer exist. One was called Urban Design and the other was called Road Design and basically two different design offices one focused on urban areas you know city of Atlanta and other urban areas like Columbus and etc. Columbus, Augusta, Savannah, Macon uh, other urban areas and then road design did everything else and so at that point as we were consolidating in size uh, those two er offices merged together and uh, I was able to come down and be part of that transition and and uh, for the office of roadway design as it's known today so uh, learned a lot there, obviously great work with a lot of talented people and a lot of our designers that are still here, so many of those have retired, but so many uh, great people that were there doing the engineering, The really the hard work uh, that results in the projects that the, that the public gets to use, you know, so uh, learned a lot there and had that opportunity and then uh, transitioned to the Division of Engineering uh, Office at, or the, the Division Director of Engineering uh, which obviously was designed and right away, and, uh, and you know, location and everything else that goes along with the Division of Engineering, uh, OES. Uh, trying to, I need a work chart in front of me to keep all about, this straight. I was but, about to uh, say, yeah, to keep it all straight. So, uh, again, uh, just you know, just a really great opportunity there to, you know, again, see a bigger part of the department and how everything integrates together and how critical that is for all the offices to work together collaboratively and over the years, that's one of the things I've been very proud to be a part of is to see how we as GDOT have got away from silos. I mean, we still have challenges and you know, offices are offices and divisions are divisions, but we all come together to, you know, to get the mission done in, in a collaborative fashion and uh, that's very important. So saw, you know, saw a bigger view there and just thought that was the, the pinnacle and, you know, and just thought that was, you know, a great, great role. And uh, as a career goes to get to that point in my career, and then uh, became chief engineer. Now, you know, I uh, had that opportunity. And uh, as, as chief engineer, I like to like to tell Meg Perkle now, you know, as chief engineer, everybody brings you the problem. When, when the problems haven't been solved at multiple layers below, they escalate usually to the chief engineer. And so, you become a big problem solver. And they are usually big problems when they get to that level, and which is fun. As an engineer, you always like to solve problems. So a lot of fun. A lot of that, though, is, too, trying to give back direction and, and guidance uh, or knowledge for other people to solve solve the issues, you know, try to solve it, go back and solve it at a lower level if possible. But, again, chief engineer, again, a huge role and responsibility of diversity of the department in and, and seeing – how everything inter, interacts together again. No, I can tell you through a career that no one day has ever been the same. You know that, and that's the wonderful thing about working at GDOT is very rarely is your day ever the same day. Uh, you know, it may, you may have similar activities to do, but they're always a little different, and so uh, that's a wonderful thing. And so uh, had that role as chief engineer and thought, wow, that was absolutely the pinnacle. You know, of, of I my am career. Good, thank yeah, you. I right.
0: will. I'll go retire on the beach, but well, not quite yet.
3: Yeah, no, I wasn't thinking quite retire yeah. on the beach, but I thought, well, there's there's nothing more. And then, uh, oddly enough, uh, I got a call uh, in late 2014 to, uh, to uh, come over to the Capitol and meet with Governor Deal's chief of staff that he wanted to talk to me about something. I figured it was project related or, you know, something going on.
0: You had no idea.
3: And uh, no, had no idea, uh, and that the uh, they asked the governor had asked if I would serve as GDOT's planning director, and so uh, I sort of said, well, I'll be glad to do that and be chief engineer, and um, and uh, they said, no, it don't work that way. <laughs> so, uh, so anyway, uh, you know, it's sort of one of those things. I was it was really a uh, little uh, little tearing at tearing at my soul there because I really enjoyed chief engineer role and. Doing the things that we were doing and and planning was certainly a fantastic opportunity, and to, to work for a governor is always a cert, certainly a high honor. And and uh, so anyway, uh, they said it didn't work that way, and need to let them know a decision. So I uh, agreed to be the planning director uh, for. Did you verdict. called your wife first. Uh, yes, I had to, I, had, I did ask. I said <laughs> I need to I need to talk to two people if you don't mind. I want, I like to talk to my wife and then talk to Commissioner Golden at the time, and so. Uh, and they said, like, sure, just let us know by the end of the day. And by ten o'clock, they're like, "Well, we need to know by lunchtime." <laughs> so, uh, anyway, a lot, sort of a crazy day. And of course, I said yes. And and the rest is history with a little asterisk in the history books because uh, I was supposed to be confirmed uh, by the House and Senate Transportation Committee as planning directors, as required by law. And uh, about that very day or the day before was when Commissioner Golden announced his retirement and uh, so uh, I literally was sworn in by the governor that morning the the day the uh, Commissioner Golden had announced his retirement and the board asked uh, if I would be interested in being commissioner and uh, of course the answer was yes and uh, here I am so all these years later. Is it
0: safe to say that you are the shortest Serving planning director in the history of Georgia DOT?
3: That's correct. That is is true, and I'm not sure if it's even official because I never did get confirmed by the House and Senate. So uh, uh, maybe a little asterisk in the history book, like a strike season in baseball or football or something, you know. (laughs)
0: Um, Having done every – I mean, you've done everything. You've touched everything, and I think working through crisis situations with you, I see it because – there isn't an area that we touch, whether that's a maintenance issue or a bridge thing, that, that you aren't, at, that you don't have all the things in your, that you're not ready with all the facts, with all the, the, the way a bridge needs to be. Some people would think that in some agencies that, that, that the, the commissioner would just hand that off to the bridge. You are so hands-on because um, I, I hope people understand that you've, you've sort of been everywhere and you've done everything and you've been in, for most GDOT employees, you've been in their shoes. Uh, in in all kind of aspects. So, knowing what shoes you're in now, what would you tell intern ju- between junior and senior year intern Russell McMurray? What what would you tell him that the future holds for him? What what advice? Which what class would you have told yeah. him to go back to?
3: Well, I don't know if there would be any class. I, I think when you're when you're just starting out, you don't have enough vision to see long term and to know know. all the opportunities that exist and and today's dot is so much different than it was 31 years ago i had a lot of opportunity and that that afforded me good fortune to have have those opportunities to advance back when i started literally somebody had to die or retire to have some kind of career you know promotion or to move up the to move up in the organization and that's just not the way it is today uh and so i would say to Anybody considering DOT now or you're starting out in your career at GDOT is, listen, the sky's the limit and that there are so many jobs and so many opportunities, such as, again, diversity of jobs uh, across this organization. There is something that you will find your niche and you'll find what you enjoy. And, and, you know, if you're not there now, look around because there's tremendous opportunity to grow and, and and to extend your career that, the other thing too is you know it's just really to me and it's a little bit of the essence of civil engineering and listen we know there's there's a lot of other you know a lot of other things besides civil engineering or engineers in the department that that make transportation happen but it's it's the essence of serving the public is civil engineering is engineering for the you know for the public basically and and doing things for the public and you know, I think that's one of the really things that I enjoy most is seeing things improve for the greater good of Georgians and the traveling public that come through Georgia, no matter what mode they're on. Uh, and that's the rewarding thing is seeing that you're part of something that is, you know, you like people, like, you know, you're probably tired of hearing me say, let's figure out how to make it better, that we're making it better, you know, that we're in, you know, that we're trying to improve the infrastructure or the user experience uh, for no matter what mode they're on or plan to be on throughout Georgia. And so that's, to me, that's the real thing I would tell somebody, you know, just, you know, between their junior and senior year or just maybe starting at DOT is you have the real opportunity to make things better, and every day is just an opportunity to do that in in any small way In, in and for everybody, you know, here at the department now, you know, they, I hope they understand that what they do really does matter. I mean, this is, you know, jobs are jobs. You know, we come to work to get paid and, you know, that's, that's a job. Uh, but these are really careers. I mean, it really gives you, you know, opportunity to make things better for society, if you will, and, and that's the rewarding part. And it, and it doesn't matter what you do at the department. We're all so integrated together. You know, I, I tell people, a lot of my friends talk about, well, you know, wow, you got a big organization. I was like, yeah, it's a big machine, but all the gears have to mesh together for the machine to work. And it takes it takes everybody to make the Department of Transportation the success it is. And it takes that on a daily basis, you know, and it's, it's huge when you start thinking about it, a little overwhelming in fact, but, uh, But, you know, it it works and uh, that's what I would share with somebody is just, you know, one, be open uh, to explore all the things that DOT has, Uh, you know, be understanding that career trajectory and opportunity is probably like you cannot imagine. So don't get frustrated if things don't happen on the timetable you think they should happen. You know, things will happen, I assure you, you know. You, and could, be,
0: you could be planning director for,
3: you, you, for three hours. For, yeah. and then, well, and then, you, know, you know, maybe a month and a half, there, but, you know. You yeah.
0: yeah, a little longer. So you talked about your first bridge project, and we all know about the 85 bridge project. So um, two, two great things, two great bridges. So the bridge doesn't have to be an answer, but... What program or project are you most proud of, either there, that the department has delivered in your time here or that you have personally sort of seen to fruition?
3: Okay, well, look, I'll answer that, but first I'll answer by saying what I'm most proud of is, is people. And seeing people excel and do well, that, that means more to me is even being a civil engineer and enjoying seeing infrastructure getting built and be part of that, the most absolutely rewarding part of this has always been seeing how people have excelled and learned and grown and and you know and I've been here <laughs> too long I guess because uh is you know a lot of these people I was like oh, that was somebody I hired you know and and not that I made it you know I guess I made a good decision because they've done really well but I don't look at it that way it's like wow those people have really done a great job and they've moved up through the organization and you know, they're they're who's there. many of those are who are leading lead our organization now. So and, and that I was a part of that and to see that hopefully that, you know, it had some impact on their success. To me, that's really the rewarding part. Now, as far as the built infrastructure, you know, it's hard it's hard to say, Natalie. It's it's pick, pick it's, your favorite kid. Yeah, it's like, yeah, pick your favorite kid. It's you know, so many things, you know, the ID five rebuild. Uh, was obviously an exceptional outcome out of a you know a very tragic uh, situation and <laughs> difficult situation that we never want to relive, uh, and to see how that all came together. But even in that, it wasn't the it wasn't the physical infrastructure that got rebuilt that amazed me. It was how bridge design came together and worked all weekend here at One Georgia Center with no air conditioning on because <laughs> it I shut know. down and. And, uh, you know, had bridge plans inter- intermittently back to the contractor back and forth over the weekend and by wee hours of either, I can't remember if it was Sunday night or Monday morning in the wee hours, had them plans from a, a Thursday collapse by Monday to have them plans to rebuild a bridge and, and seeing how our construction folks, you know, responded and Mike Gardner, for instance, you know, coming from the coast to be a part of that and, and living up here for months or, or 45 days or so. <laughs> so to get it done, you know, just how people rose to the occasion is, again, the, you know, the rebuild is pretty awesome. And, you know, obviously a lot of credit goes to our contractors and vendors and suppliers to, to be part of that, but how GDOT rose to the occasion and see people excel. And, and part of that was just getting out of the way, right? We, we said, you know, solve the issues, resolve the issues ASAP, because we don't have time to wait and empowered people to do so and they absolutely did it you know
0: where were you when you got that call
3: so uh i actually had just walked into my house uh and the tv was on and uh, it was on the news and it showed the fire uh from the uh, skycopter and i could tell by the fire that that was a very intense fire my first reaction was i thought it was our hero headquarters which is just re- literally about a block or so away from the location at Piedmont, and um, and so I called uh, I called a hero supervisor call, called Jason said hey is uh, is our building on fire and he's like no it's not our it's not our building it's around the block and we're on the way and my next call was uh, and he didn't know what it was I, I called Keith Parker at Marta at the time uh, uh, general manager of Marta say ask them if one of their trains happened to be on fire because armor yard backs directly up to the viaduct and so i thought maybe they had a train fire or something going on in the marta property but turn to find out as we know it was not and so uh as this was all playing out uh, very interesting that i didn't know you could get so many phone calls and text at the same time because everybody was calling me to say hey do you know there's a fire under 85 and this was before the collapse I was like yes I know I gotta go and I just kept hanging ding, up on ding, people ding. and um and uh my wife actually came down and I said honey I've I've, I've got to go back to work because this bridge is going to collapse and about the time I about the time I turned around uh, it collapsed live on tv well with that intense of flame and heat there was you know no question that that wasn't going to survive the fire so and told her I didn't know when I'd be back and so, uh, literally, worked the phones uh, hands-free. By the way, all the way to back. I live about an hour north of the city, so about an hour. It took a little longer than an hour to get back uh, due to the traffic, but uh, you know, then arrived over to one Georgia—not not to one Georgia center, but to state operations center at TMC. And as you know, the rest is history.
0: Have a very rainy drive uh, into into the bridge that night. Um, I so you've. Uh, I want to go back to something you said about how every day is different, and and that can be little things. Uh, that could be a bridge collapse. That could be a snowmageddon. I mean, you've you've again lived it all, and I don't want, I don't want to ask this like how has how has this changed you? Because as we talked about at the beginning, you're just Russell, and and I I enjoy working with you immensely because you just treat everyone the same, and you treat them like you're Russell from North Georgia, and so. But how has it changed? You either, you know, as, as a dad, as a husband, uh, as a commissioner, how, how has it sort of changed you? Not in a way that has taken away from, from but that has added to Russell from North Georgia.
3: <laughs> well, obviously, like, like I said before, super rewarding just to be a part of so many things. And, uh, you know, this DOT has provided so many opportunities I never would have imagined I'd be a part of. You know, I've had the opportunity to serve at the national level on so many things. Uh, I've met two U.S. presidents uh, due to this job, not because I'm Russell, but because of this job. And, you know, just amazing to have opportunities that I would never have dreamed about. So th- I think those things change you from a point of appreciation, just that, you know, you're thankful. It is a job, right? It's you know, Every job's got good days and challenges, right? And so you know, it is that, it's a job, but it's more than a job, and that's the way I think about it. It's, it's a service to Georgia and that we should always focus on, you know, doing our best for this state. Uh, we're entrusted with tax dollars through, through gas tax and other, other tax dollars to uh, deliver for the citizens of Georgia. So I, I, I think it's changed me from a, from a, a probably a appreciation point of view more than anything, uh, you know, you, you may have a few restless nights sometimes and, uh, you know, a phone call in the middle of the night usually is not a good phone call, especially if it's, uh, you know, uh, our bridge folks calling <laughs> uh, or you or Scott or Higley or somebody calling from communications with something bad that's happened. Uh, but it's usually it's usually uh, traffic ops or bridge folks and the bridge calls are usually the worst ones at middle of the night. Uh, so. The I sixteen, uh, the I sixteen uh, truck dump truck that you know knocked the bridge off its supports uh, a couple years ago now, I guess a little over a year ago now. You know that was another you know about a three thirty a.m. phone call, something like that. And you know the the word you get is you know the bridge is hanging off uh, the supports and I sixteen is blocked. You know that's it's not the way to start your day at you know three thirty a.m. or so, but that goes with the territory. And those are those are. Uh, uh, too frequent I guess but uh that's not every night but uh it, it's been a great luckily uh, yeah luckily luck, for us. yeah thank goodness luckily for you. and, and
0: we you know bridges seem to be a theme um do other states deal with their bridges the way that do they seem to have or are we just lucky or do we just have sort of a a bad luck streak here in Georgia with some bridges.
3: Well I kid at somebody that uh, from another state that maybe I should move <laughs> that this is a bad omen for Georgia but they said don't come to my state and so uh, you know it happens it, it happens all over the country uh, obviously to different degrees and you know obviously anything in Metro Atlanta is so much traffic and you know it's you know we're, we're very fortunate and and that on 85 and even the other i-16 and these other bridges that have been hit there's been no fatalities and and that is absolutely the best outcome you could have out of a bad situation there's been other states and obviously the probably the biggest one was up in uh minnesota with the i-35 collapse that's been a decade more than a decade ago now maybe closer to 15 years you know where there was loss of life and things like that and and the, the one in pittsburgh recently as well i don't I don't believe there was a fatality in that, as I recall, but significant, you know, issues uh, that happened. So uh, it's not it's not just Georgia; it's not just a Georgia thing. Uh, but uh, obviously, it's no matter what state it happens in, it's it's not a good day.
0: Uh, well, looking forward for, to, to a brighter. Less bridge, less uh, less less issues with bridges. Looking forward, what are you most excited about? Something that's either in the pipeline, something that we have put in motion. Uh, what are what are you going to be ready to walk out of here one day and say, "I'm so glad that got done."
3: <laughs> well, is that's a long list. Uh, we're doing some really transformative things, though, and and the, and everybody's working toward those things and you know, probably the biggest, certainly the biggest program in the nation right now is the MMIP or Major Mobility Investment Program. And uh, those projects are transformative for Georgia. And they're large in scale. They're super impactful in improving safety and mobility and giving people options of express lanes as well. Uh, And, you know, getting rid of freight bottlenecks. Uh, These These projects are absolutely massive. Uh, They're super complicated. Uh, They take a very long time to deliver and construct because they're so big. But to me, that's, you know, that's sort of a a really big uh, program that I think certainly gets a lot of attention. Uh, But, you know, as big as those are, you know, replacing a rural bridge in rural Georgia can be just as important. You know, uh, I always like to remind people that agribusiness is Georgia's number one economy. And getting those bridges, rural bridges, replaced helps the farmers get their their crops to market or their agriculture to market, and uh, you know that's that's just so important. So you know it's it's a lot of things that are on that list. And uh, one thing I'm super excited about too is is technology and and what what our team here at GDOT's working on toward connected technology and and what's going on with uh, car manufacturers and OEMs. And putting technology in cars that will ultimately talk to our traffic signals, and you know we're on our way to have over two thousand signals uh, across Georgia where they can talk to vehicles. We've got almost eleven 1, hundred, well, I guess eleven 1, hundred installed now across Georgia. And so technology is changing fast, and the DOT of the future will be more technology driven than ever. We're still going to need physical infrastructure. We're still going to need roads and bridges and you know uh, airports and. You know, rail and transit, all those things are still needed. But with technology, uh, it all gets integrated into a digital infrastructure, if you will. And, and there would be more digitization of our infrastructure and connection to infrastructure to vehicles uh, more than ever. So I, I, I think this decade that we're in now is probably the most transformative since probably going back to the invent of the car. Uh, technology is just moving that fast. And so I'm super excited about those that kind of future uh, that the DOT is a part of. And we absolutely have to be a leader in that uh, to drive mobility uh, ahead and safety ahead in Georgia because technology has a real benefit of, again, making things safer, uh, which we desperately have to reduce fatalities on Georgia roadways. Uh, and also, again, the, uh, the uh, connectivity part of that of, of mobility improvement, more efficient movement, which is good for the environment as well as we can move people more efficiently. And, uh, there's a great, you know, a great benefit there environmentally as well. So, uh, I'm really excited about what's going on here. And, you know, beside a few big projects that are, you know, we've got teed up and on the launch pad and moving those ahead. Uh, so many other things going on too, that truly will be transformative for the future of Georgia.
0: I think any of us that grew up watching the Jetsons thought we were promised flying cars by now. And I don't think people, really connect that the technology that we're seeing on the roads it's not flying cars but but it's just it's equal to how transformative it's going to be and so i know that with our podcast down the road we're certainly going to talk about technology here at gdot and how it is we really are sort of at the forefront of that as a state and the great things so uh we'll make sure to talk about that but we are so thankful that you were here today that that you came to talk to us and i hope that out there 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 is an intern in a district listening who may one day be commissioner uh, of the Georgia DOT Um, and so but for right now we are in great hands and thank you so much for joining us.
3: Well Natalie it's been all my pleasure and uh, certainly to to the GDOT staff you're the best no doubt about it and uh, you should be proud of what you do for GDOT and for everybody listening uh, you know just drive to another state and uh, come back and I think you'll know how seriously we take this job as the Department of Transportation and we always have room to, to do better. As I say, let's make it better every day. And that's, that's our goal and our mission. So it's been my pleasure and look forward to listening to the future podcast as well. Thank you.
2: 94% of Americans acknowledge that text messaging while driving is dangerous, and yet too many people still do it. In fact, Text messaging is considered the most dangerous type of distracted driving. Any kind of distracted driving endangers the driver and also their passengers, pedestrians, and others using the road. The hands-free Georgia law prohibits drivers from writing or sending texts, reading messages, posting on social media, and other forms of mobile device usage while driving. Let's end this dangerous habit before it ends you and others. Know the rules of the road to keep yourself and other drivers safe. Learn more at gahighwaysafety.org. Remember, don't reply. Stay alive. This is a message from the Georgia Department of Transportation.
0: I'm Natalie Dale. I'm your host, and thank you so much for joining us. Join us next time as we continue to spotlight the amazing people, programs, and projects that make Georgia DOT ahead of the curve.